Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Okay, there we go. Gotta wait for this Because, yeah, you know, it's always nice because, you know, we end up working in these films and 
so these things, and it's like, well, what is the true history of this that we're doing? You know, where where did this come from? How did it start? Why do people fall in love with it so much? You know, and, um, it's, you know, where's, yes. where's the background of it? You know, that's cool. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's cool. And, you know, the other thing, too, is you have somebody like Stephen King or you have Quentin Tarantino on there talking about horror films they love, which is awesome. Oh, that's cool. Because <laughs> you know they were influenced. By, I mean, Stephen King, what a, his stuff is crazy. Yeah. But um, then Tarantino yeah. filmmaking, yeah, he was influenced by certain stuff. So that's oh, pretty for neat. Sure. For sure. I actually, um, this, this past, uh, what was it, a couple weeks, um, I mean, this, this whole month, I got nine Blu-rays of Stephen King movies. So I added to my collection. You know, and stuff that I haven't, like, I just watched Salem's Lot for the first time. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a long movie, by the way. It's like three hours long because uh, it's like <laughs> a mini series. But, um, yeah. Uh, but then, you know, I also got the original It, uh, Christine, you know, uh, Cat's Eye, Firestarter. I mean, just the list went on. I don't want to bore you guys with all the movies. But I, I got a lot of them, and uh, I'm super excited to, like, really, like, dive into more Stephen King stuff that I haven't seen yet. Yeah. Well, yeah, when so you watch of all of that, you have to watch that show Castle Rock after you've watched oh all my God. Stephen King stuff. Did you watch oh, it, yeah. Oh, my oh God, my yes. I love it. And, yeah, if Jonathan, yeah. I'm not going to say anything about it yet because I, I don't want to ruin it for you. But I will say that it takes everything of, like, all the Stephen King worlds, and they put it into a town, and how everything connects, how all the characters and, you know, creatures or whatever, all the people from every book, every film, how they connect into this town. And it's very well done. I will say it's Uh um, The writing is really good, how they intertwine all the story is very well done it's really cool you, you definitely gonna, would like it i i watched the uh first half of the pilot um and it's okay. not like mm. i stopped it because i was bored or anything it was <laughs> like i literally had other things to do and then i said oh I'll, you know i'll get back to it but the problem is whenever you say that you just never do until like later you know so i'm probably yeah. going to rewatch the pilot at some point and like try to binge watch it if I can. But, but you're right. I, I should probably wait till I've seen all those other movies. Uh, Cause some of them I haven't seen, like I, I said, Salem's lot. I had not seen. Um, mm-hmm. I saw, I, we saw maximum overdrive the other day and um, nice. it was, didn't even take place in Maine. So it was awkward, weird, you know, like it take, <laughs> took place in like North Carolina. So that was like, and he directed that film too. So it was, it was so strange that like yeah. the film he wrote and directed did not take place in Maine and was not like part of the Castle Rock uh thing. But uh maybe but maybe those still no maybe, but he still writes I think he still writes in Maine uh, for Maine and stuff or something. Oh, for sure. I guess mm-hmm. I, I don't know why this particular one wasn't. But um it 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 was fine. I really enjoyed uh, I enjoyed that one a lot, um, and yeah. uh, uh, I, you know, it's, it's funny because like watching all these movies again, you know, Stephen King stuff. I mean, 
realize, like, I mean, he loved, he loved, like, bringing children into these things, you know, like, you know, like, uh, my favorite, my favorite story he's ever done is the, or, well, you know, short story or whatever that was based on was um, Stand By Me. Uh, if you guys ever seen that movie, that movie is just great. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, like, you definitely will be more in tune with the, with the, with the show if you watch, if you definitely are, um, up to date with all of this stuff. And that's for anyone listening. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's definitely one of those shows you have to know what's going on and what characters are what in order to be like, oh, wow, you know, like, that's that person, you know, and it, you know, it's really cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, so let's move on to the next note that I said I really wanted to talk about, and that is Halloween. And I know so many people have talked about it, but um, I just want to give a quick little shout out to the movie because I saw it yesterday for my Halloween with my boyfriend, and I was freaking out the whole entire time. But I will say it was very well written. It flowed really well. Um, the acting was good. The boy, um, Jonathan, since you saw the movie, that little boy in the movie, um, <laughs> that scene where, you know, it's like the babysitter. I was like, he's the best mm-hmm. actor in this movie. He, and I was like, he's amazing. Like, he was the comedy relief, and he did so well. And it was just like, I forget his name, like, his real, his real name or his character's name in the movie to even do a shout-out, but... He's the only little boy in that movie, so you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. He's so Especially good. when you say babysitter, everybody will know what, what you're talking about. But, yeah, he was he was wonderful. Um, probably the highlight of the thing. When it comes to comedy stuff in there, because there are some things that are obviously comic relief. Uh, the other, the, that, that fat guy in the movie was obviously comic relief. And it's just... I honestly just rolled my eyes at some of it because you could tell um, oh, they were just trying to for sure. just trying to put their Denny McBride humor into uh, something that doesn't need it, you know. And so, but anyway, yeah. we're not, you know, I don't want to give too much, especially since Bernard has not seen uh, Halloween. <laughs> I don't want to say anything because yeah. you don't want to yeah, ruin anything. Just, yeah. No spoilers. Yeah, because you'll like it. You'll definitely like it, Bernard. I mean, and yeah. I will say. There, there's that one part where not a lot of people put it in that they did put in. This doesn't take too too much away from the movie, but a boy he's with the babysitter and the babysitter's like, let me go, let me go check, let me go check in the room, and he's like, no, don't go in there, don't go, and like and the little boy like runs away. He's like the old, the smartest one in the movie. Like, right. It's amazing. He's like telling his babysitter, don't go in the room. Like no, and no, then at no, this one point like. like I was gonna say like this one point, this one point like the boyfriend of the babysitter shows up of course, and and the and the little boy is like don't go in there have have a uh, uh I, you know I don't know his name but he goes like have what's his name go in yeah. there before you go in there he goes I love like oh you God. I want you to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> That was probably one of the best scenes of the movie, but um, yeah, there's there's some there was some really great uh, comedic scenes in it, but there was also uh, you know, but it was really it was it was actually a really scary movie for for what I expected out of it because there's things like you know 
that, um, and this doesn't spoil anything or anything like that, but like, there's just some things that like happened in the film that I was just shocked about that I was like, oh, wow. And so you didn't know where the, sh- the movie was going to go at points. And I thought mm-hmm. that was excellent, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I give it a I give it a three and a half out of five stars. Um, there was there was something I didn't like uh, particularly. Now that doesn't mean I didn't like the movie. I love the movie, but there's just some things that I'm like I could have done without. And maybe Laura, I'll, I'll tell you those later. <laughs> you know, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have a debate <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, for sure. But uh, um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so let's get to let's get dive in straight to the night because I know we all we all have a uh a early morning tomorrow and I don't want to keep people on this podcast too late and for everyone listening, I don't want to keep everyone up too late. But let's dive in um and uh update us on things you've been working on recently and then I'm gonna ask you a few little questions. So go ahead and tell us what you've been working on this past year. Well, uh, recently, and I have two more shows left, I was working on, I've been working on a play called Possession, an American Serial Killer at uh, Zombie Joe's Underground Theater in North Hollywood. And it's basically a a reimagining of Ted Bundy when he worked, uh, you know, he worked at a crisis call center in the 70s. And yeah. so in 1971, before he actually killed anybody, he worked at this uh, crisis call center, which is where he met Anne Rule, who ended up, she was a very big um, crime novelist. And uh, she she was like, she wrote billions of, that's okay, I'm exaggerating. She didn't write billions of books, but she wrote a lot of crime books, basically. And um, yeah. the play, I basically play a woman who, was a teen mom and I'm not very sensitive to my daughter. I'm not the mother of the year. My daughter's very sensitive and she's going through some stuff and she can't go to her parents for help. They make it worse. And she calls the crisis center and she ends up meeting Ted Bundy. That's all I'm going to say. Wow. But um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Um, It's, uh, written by a guy named Michael Levine from uh, he's a graduate of New York Film Academy and he's a army veteran so some of the ticket sell money goes to the VA which is great and then his right. brother um, who's a great actor named Chris Levine plays Ted Bundy and wow. um, awesome awesome girl named Anza Seller plays my daughter she's just fabulous um, she played uh, in The Sound of Music as one of the children in at the Hollywood Bowl, which, Laura, I don't know if you've been to the Hollywood Bowl, but oh, yeah. it's a ginormous <laughs> venue to do a musical. I mean, my gosh. So, um, yeah. yeah, so we close on November 5th. We decided to kind of extend, you know, Halloween ends, and then I feel like people – People go through a depression when Halloween ends, so we kind of put it yeah. a little bit further. So uh, we well, have a couple have more celebration shows. Of, you have that celebration of life this weekend, you know, for the uh, is it the Spanish, Spanish culture. The, like, oh, uh, Dia de los Muertos. Muertos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's this weekend. So there you go. It's, it's kind of like 
it doesn't completely finish until their their celebration is over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's cool though. So going uh, to the fifth, I wish I was there. I would definitely go. I I've been missing out oh, so much you. being out here in San Francisco. <laughs> but um, you know, I haven't yeah, been to San Francisco, but I hear it's amazing. It's good. Yeah, it's one of the things. I'm a part of a immersive theater group up here now. Nice. And and it's great. Um, I'm doing a lot of stuff, just like just keeping busy. But then I don't. Who cares about me? Let's get back to you. Theater stuff. <laughs> I um, care about you. Is, I've been watching all your dances. <laughs> yeah, that's too. I mean, yeah, I've been choreographing for this commercial, so I've been dealing with that lately. It's been great. Like one thing about the tech. Have being in the tech world, I will say. Yeah. Side note, there's a lot of actors needed for like commercials for tech and all that yeah. stuff. But you have you have also have the Berkeley Rep Theater, and so I'm slowly mm-hmm. kind of diving in and want to get into that. And then um, you have, you just have a lot of theaters here that people love theater up here. That's where they go. They love the theater. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of Netflix shows have been filming up here so I'm, I'm waiting to get all like you know that sad card and all that stuff finished and then you mm-hmm. know all that stuff but I'm working on an eBay commercial next weekend so I'll be doing that cool uh, yeah I know talk about tech I did something for them last year and I guess they like me and they want me back to do like a kind of like story with my character and make a little story about it and I'm like well that's that's cool. awesome yeah, so I'll be doing that, and then, yeah, all that stuff. And then going down to L.A. and uh, working, you know, on all the horror films that I do. I'm going to be doing another one with Aaron Mento soon. Um, yes. I be- and, uh, yeah, so uh, and all that stuff. And we the have our ugly Carter party. The secret Aaron Mento? Yeah. <laughs> the secret Aaron <laughs> Mento. The secret society Aaron Mento film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could talk oh, about that's... it, but he'll have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't talk about it at all. It's the yeah, it's one of those things. I would be killed if I talk about it. Uh, but we also have a oh, sweater party coming out. That's from Aaron I know. And, and, Berna. So cool. and so shout out to that. And so I'm so excited for that. And then um, I think that's uh, what else. Uh, is that the only other thing me and you have together? Is that one, or do we have? Um, did you make an appearance in Lilith, or no? No, I know Lilith. Okay, because mm-hmm. I know for me Lilith was like a bunch. It's a bunch of like little stories. So a bunch of people mm-hmm. like uh, all the little pop ups. There's not one character that's throughout the whole film. It's a bunch of like pop ups. Oh, that's but, cool. Yeah, it's like a. What's the term I'm looking for? That's the anthology. An anthology. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah. I was going to say anthropology. So, like, it's definitely (laughs) not that word. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah. So, yeah. I was so excited for Ugly Sawyer Party. And you and Kevin, I will say for everyone else don't know, um, Kevin Caliber, shout out to him. Uh, Berna and Kevin have a nice, cute little roll together, and they look awesome. I'm excited to see them together, <laughs> and it's all we're gonna say. We're gonna say like this because they're so cute. Um, <laughs> so you're gonna see NFL. It's gonna come out soon. Um, but yeah, so you're at that theater show, and um, so I want to ask you a few things. Uh, 
because yeah. you are a theater person like myself. Mm-hmm. And it's very rare that we get people on here that have done both, have done film and theater. And I always love to dive in and get a perspective, because everyone's different, get perspective on uh, the way you work, film versus theater. Mm-hmm. Um, if, it, if there's stuff that you like to do differently when you're working on a theater, theater project versus film project, and which one, which which one would you put that you like most or if you like them equally? And, you know, try to give, like, the pros and cons of both. I would love to hear your side of it. There are a lot of actors always struggle with the idea of, like, oh, I don't want to do theater because of this, or I don't want to do film because of this. But sometimes it's nice to hear from someone that does both and to hear if you don't even have any cons, just, like, the pros of both sides. And, you know, I think people are just so freaked out to do theater nowadays that there's not enough actors that want to dive into it. So I would love, I would love for you to just kind of chat about that for a bit. Um, well, whether it's a film or a, a play, I um, first like to read the material a few times. And um, just like as a third party viewer, not as like I'm playing that role, but just like as a, as a reader, that's it. And then Mm -hmm. um, as far as when I get down to the scenes, I want to break it down line by line and then trying to figure out in a scene, like why is what, what is my need that I'm trying to get met in, in that scene? And why is today the day? You know what I mean? Because the scene's mm-hmm. there, whatever, whatever's like that day that you're, let's say it's a breakup scene. Why is today the day that I'm breaking up with that person? What has led me to that point or what was my breaking point or, you know what I mean? Like trying right. to really flesh that out and then figuring out what I'm saying, what I'm not saying, where are the clues the general breaking stuff down. Then, um, you know, the great thing about theater is you get a rehearsal process and film. You often don't. Sometimes you do, depending on the mm-hmm. director, but often right. you do not. Um, mm-hmm. So I do love the theater in that we get to really, really, really rehearse, which is awesome. And you get to yeah. just play with different things and really just to the point that you never – I like to get to that point that the lines are just kind of coming out of you because you don't think about them anymore because they're now completely ingrained in you. And then at that point you can play with the other actor and things can change in that scene. So it can be different every single time because you don't know what they're going to give you. And so I really like the idea of that film. Yeah. um, I like in the theater too, you know, you, you do get that live thing where there's something really exciting and dangerous and like there's an adrenaline going that you don't get to stop. You just have to keep going no matter what happens and you never know what that is going to be. And you have to figure out your way out of something in case something happens. Who knows? <laughs> Any, you know, anything yeah. can happen. And you have to you have to be so quick to figure that out on the spot. And yeah. so there's something really scary and exciting about that. In film, yeah. 
I like the idea that uh, first I'll say I love being directed. I absolutely love it. I I love that I have somebody telling me, giving me tools on how to tell the story better. Because I think when you have somebody who's outside of it, they give a re- they have a different perspective of it. To you know, on this or whatever. Remember, you know, you're going after that, whatever it is. And in because I also once worked as an editor. When you do film, sometimes you know, okay, let's uh, they'll stop and let's do it this time. You know, go after this. This time you're sarcastic, or this time you're pleading. You know, whatever. And in the editing room. That gives the editor different options of stuff to choose from, different takes on it, um, right. which, you know, they mix up completely, which gives a really dynamic performance. So I, yeah. I think there's like a whole art to that side of it as well in film. And it's very, it's really jarring and it's really surprising when you first even do a film because you're like, what? One, we're not rehearsing. <laughs> Two, I've never yeah. met this person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just over and over. There's all kind. Of, wait, three. You just rewrote the script this morning, and you're giving me my lines now. <laughs> what? Yeah. What is that's more television <laughs> than film, but it happens, you know. And um, <laughs> three, four. I don't know what number I'm on, but uh, you have to be more still. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, why don't move your hands so much? It's distracting. Oh, yes. There's that's a whole a technical aspect. Yeah. Yeah. So for there, sure. there's that, but um, and then the the other thing from working as an editor, when you first get that material and you start putting it together, you're like, oh dear, it's overwhelming. And then when you kind of get a rough outline, then you start trimming it and trimming it and trimming it and trimming it, and then you start getting reaction shots. And then at some point you're adding Foley sounds and music, and it becomes magic. It's just, when they say movie magic, it's just magic. So I'm really in love with that. I love that. But... Yeah, I started in the theater when I was 12 years old, and I can't say that I, I get a completely. I feel strong. I feel strong when I'm doing theater, and I feel uh, there's something really like giving myself permission and freeing, and being like I, I. I think when I was a child and having the um, pressure because I did a lot of emotional work, the pressure of having to cry, which is after I did it the first few times, it was really natural. But then at some point, people started expecting it from me, and it became pressure for me. So yeah. that happened. And then I had to get myself out of that mindset. And um, so I came to a point where I was just like, I, I go, I give it everything I can, and I let it go. Whatever happens, happens. And I gave my, myself permission, and I'm just kind of like, well, that's what I'm selling tonight. You know what I mean? Like that's it. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. And um, yeah. there's something really freeing and wonderful about it. And because you're a dancer, I think uh, you would understand this when you can move and use your entire instrument in, cause I'm very physical too. I was a fitness competitor 
and I'm really in touch with my body. So I use my body a lot in my acting and um, I I can use it a lot more in theater than I do it. I can use it in film too, but just not quite as crazy as I could in in a, a, a play. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love, I will uh, dive in and say, I love almost like the choreography of a play, you know, yeah. you, you know, you know, you can, you sit down and you can cross your legs and put your hand on your leg and, and say, you know, it's like very, um, there's just more oomph in it. You know, there's just more, mm-hmm. you, you can add a little bit more to it and not have to worry about it looking like you're purposely doing it. It's more of like, it's, it, yeah, it's almost like, you know, you're just, it's, it's this choreography that goes with what you're saying and, and you can yeah. do it that night or you don't have to do it that night. You can change it up, but it's, it's like exactly that. It's being free and letting your body react to what you're saying and not have to yeah. worry so much about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, and if you get a director who's really specific about your physical movement, like, okay, now take two steps left, somehow you have to justify that. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it's not yeah. oh my necessarily I very organic. Direct- yeah, I did work with a film director um, that was like that. I forget who. It's a long time ago. Um, but it, it was like, um, I think it was like a, a school thing, I want to mm-hmm. say. It was like their thesis. But they, I think maybe because they're still in school, they felt like they needed every detail. Mm. Um, yep. You know, it, it was it was so much so that it, it, I felt like it was like, this isn't a, I mean, I, I was like, even in plays, they don't give me this much detail. But they do. <laughs> Sometimes they do. You know, they want you to pick up that cup and they want you to take those two or three steps forward and they want you to go back. It's all very much choreographed. And but this direct, film director, it's rare in film for them to be that detailed and and that yeah. well. When you say this word, I need your hand exactly in this position at this time. And sometimes when it gets too much, you're thinking, you're worried so much about your placement that you're not acting uh-huh. at that point. You're just going, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm saying, I think I'm saying the line, but I'm really worried about where my <laughs> hand is now. But hopefully I'm saying the line too. You know? <laughs> well, you're acting, you're acting like a disoriented actor. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So whatever it is, it's coming across, I think, okay, because they didn't hate it, right? <laughs> yeah, if they don't say anything, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, uh, uh, I want to tell you guys yeah. hey, a real Real quick, before I forget, one of the greatest yeah. uh, stories I ever heard uh, from an actor or whatever, not not on my show, but, like, uh, period. Um, uh, what's that guy's name? He is, uh, he's gonna, oh, my God, this is going to kill me. Um, Jamie Bearshell, uh, who's in, um, like, stuff like This is the End and um, a, yeah. a, a ton of movies. Um, he uh, was in uh, was it Million Dollar Baby, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Was uh, with Clint Eastwood and uh, Morgan Freeman, uh-huh. and uh, yeah. he was so nervous of being around Clint Eastwood because his whole family was like, you know, in love. Like, actually, he said his grandfather was uh, didn't know who like Judd Apatow was, but if he said, you know, Clint Eastwood, he'd be like, oh my god, you know, like this is a big deal. <laughs> so he was like really nervous that he was gonna like screw this movie up or not do a good thing and. Uh, he he did a take and 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 Clint moved on to the next thing or whatever and 
and um you know, and uh Morgan Freeman came up to him and he's like, you know, you look nervous or whatever and Jay's Jay's just like, I um I, I don't know if I did a good job or, or anything. I'm you know, Clint's not giving me any notes. You know, he's not saying anything to me. It was like, trust me, if he was saying something to you, you know he'd be doing something wrong. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like you're you're doing good if he's not saying anything to you. <laughs> you know, yeah. like so I always use oh that, like, as a director, too, like, I try not to give people notes unless I really have to, you know, because uh, I, I, you know, or unless and I have an actor, because I, I have had actors who uh, constantly ask me, was that okay, was that whatever, and, you know, if it wasn't, I'll let them know, but most of the time, I'm like, yeah, it's good, let's, you know, do another yeah. take for safety. I will you say, yeah, yeah, I will say that I am that person that I get, I do get in my head or I get worried sometimes if they don't say anything like the whole day. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, nothing, not even like, oh, you know, that was great or, or that sucks. Like, I think being an artist, and this is if I, you know, any kind of artist, um, at least for me, I think starting out in the dance and theater world. Um, it's in New York City. I was constantly um, given a correction or something. Mm. Like, I, I was always told that nothing is perfect and I should always work on something. So out in New York City, all my choreographers I work with always had something more to say. You know, oh, that was fabulous. Mm-hmm. But, you know, or, you know, that was fabulous. And, but next time, even more. You know, even they would say that. Just that, you know. Oh, that was great. Next time, even more. Go for it, even more. You know, and it, you know. But I was always being told something. You know, even if it was mm-hmm. good, it was. I was told it was yeah. good, and if it was bad, it was straight up in my face. That was terrible. You know, that, Laura, that was terrible, and you're gonna do it again. I'm like, yep, that fucking sucks. I'm doing it again. <laughs> and you know, it's one of those things too. Being an actor, and I'm very aware and. And sometimes I know if I nailed it emotionally for myself. And, and at, at those moments, I don't give a fuck whether the director liked it or not. I'm just like, well, I, I, I think I did okay, so that's fine. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I know the times I, I may have fibbed or fucked up or could have done better, could have been in my head more, could have not been in my head more, whatever, whatever the character needed. And I will sit there and be in my own mind all day going, oh, my God, that one scene. Oh, my God, that one, that one, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then I'll go up to the director and be like, so how was that scene? And they'll be like, oh, it was great. Or, oh, fine, you know. And I'm like, ah. So I've been worried about it all day for no fucking reason. Like, you know, like, and it's just this thing. I think it's just natural and it's engraved in us to Mm -hmm. always critique ourselves. We're always, and, I, and that's for every actor, every dancer, every yeah. singer, every whatever person you are, artist, painter, you know, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. shout out to all of you. I feel like if you're not critiquing yourself, you may not get further in your life. And I always worry about that. I'm like, I'm constantly going to critique myself because I want to do better. I don't even care if what I did was good. Maybe it could have been better. I don't know. You know, I could have probably done better. And it's those those moments in our lives that, um, you know, make us hopefully stay humble forever. And, I, yeah. you know, and 
I love working with people that are as worried as me. Like we're sitting there going, hey, you know, next time, do you want to try the scene like this? I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. Like, you know, (laughs) those are the the fun, those are the people you want to work with. And and so I will say for Jonathan, for you being a, a director, I am, I will probably bug you one day when I'm going up to you going, was that okay? Like any, like I said, that's actually fine. I I like that. It's just uh, you get different actors. Some some actors are like way more comfortable with everything they do, even if it sucks. And so yeah. you know, like, and, and that's that's the, that's the problem. Like, I I I know a lot of the actors who. Um, and and I know a lot of directors who are really you know who, who are are full of themselves and think like you know everything they do is gold or whatever. But what I love is hearing the stuff about people who who you know aren't you know who think that maybe they didn't do a good job even when they did, or that they are you know those things like that like you Laura because um and and I'm sure Berna you're the same way it seems that. It, it, it's better to have people who are, are wanting to progress and get better and go to go to classes. And, I mean, even I took an act a couple of acting classes. Um, I tried to go more, but uh, a friend of mine dropped out, and I just wasn't as I didn't feel comfortable going to a class alone because I didn't really know anybody. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, but it was fun for the time being. I just I was like, you know. I didn't agree as a director with the guy's um, direction of me, you know, like he wanted me to go a little too, you know, maybe this is the theater part and I'm so used to film, um, but he wanted me to go way too over, over the top for the role of, uh, I was playing like the big bad wolf. I did a monologue and, Mm -hmm. um, and I, I was happy with what I was doing. Um, And then, uh, he was like, oh, no, no, I don't want you to do it like that. I want you to play, like, a British accent and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, uh, what? No, I don't I don't see that as the – or wait, he wanted Southern. Well, here, here's he wanted the me thing. To do a here's the thing, Well, here's what? what I'm going to tell you right now, and it's actually good that you had that, um, that moment in your life. And this is why I love when directors take acting classes is – or, you know, have done acting in their life, have been behind, in front of the camera as well as behind the camera, is that actors sometimes will feel that way. Like when we get roles or whatever, sometimes we know the character. Sometimes we know the character. By the point of filming, we know the character more than the director because we've sat there. We've studied it. We've been sitting in it for a while. We've, We've We've, you know, devoured the soul of the character, and we've been trying to be this character for weeks before filming or days before filming, and we get there, and it, he knows what he's talking about. But sometimes you, you're there, and you do your work, and you're like, oh, you know, you get you get a correction or you get a direction, and, and you don't feel it because you're like, oh, you know, I've been working it this way like the past five days, and you don't feel it. And you want to do it a different way or you, you don't feel like you should do it that way, but we have to. The actor takes the direction of the director 
and that's our job. And sometimes it's frustrating, and sometimes, you know, and this is where I sometimes look at films, and I know mm-hmm. good actors, and, and I, and you know, you know what I mean? Like, I know there's some actors out there that are amazing, and I've seen them in films where you can tell the direction. They were told to act a certain way, and I'm like, oh, I can tell they're, they're feeling awkward right now because, you know, you could kind of see it. Like, it the way they're acting, it's like, the director told them to do so, like do it in a way they're uncomfortable, and it's coming out uncomfortable. And yeah. and sometimes that's like the worst film they've ever done, and sometimes it's the best film they've ever done. But that's their job to kind of we're in your hands. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're trusting it's... the director to give us a direction that because no matter what, we're gonna do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're gonna give exactly. give you what you want. You know, and sometimes it is frustrating when you see a project and you're like, oh, like I didn't like, even this is for editing. You know, sometimes I see and I'm like, that's a fucking good scene. And then I look back at the film and they chose the one, that same scene, but a different take that I really didn't like. I was like, and I'm like, where was the take that I saw? That was really awesome. Oh, you know, we, we, yeah, we used this one instead. I'm like, oh no. You know, sometimes it's just, you know, it's one of those things. Like, an actor literally has no say. We just got to be good at what we do and hope to God that we're, we're selling the story that we have to sell. You know, it, it is, it gets, it gets uh, sometimes very nerve wracking because our, we are in your hands. You know, we're in the editor's hands. We're in the director's hands. We're in the writer's hands. And that's it. We're the puppets, you know. I've been on set too right. where, uh, the director said, okay, let's do it this way, and then we did it, and then he was like, oh, never mind. Go back to what you guys were doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's happened so many times, too. Like, it's, it's like, he's like, oh, yeah, I, I like that better. Like, I like your way better. <laughs> but, you know, being able to try something different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's great. Like it's great to work with people that are like that. And that, and that's the thing is what I love about the crew that I've met with you guys, with you Burner and that crew and mm-hmm. you know, and this is going back to um, you know, you get a beat with the films that we've been working on. It's kind of with the same people over and over again. So it's fine because at yeah, this point it's that. like yeah, if I were to do another project it's like, Okay, I know how you work. Uh, you know, I know mm-hmm. how Kevin works. You know, so now we can give each other what we each need at this point because we know each other, um, yeah. and that's what makes it great. And the directors are all awesome, and they all want to hear everyone's side of everything, and it's more of a family thing, and it's rare to find that, and it's rare to work uh-huh. with people like that. And um, and so it is very much feels like a, a theater family, yeah. but in the film world. It's really cool. We had a, I forgot um, too, we did Sanction together, even though we didn't really get to interact. So who yeah, we did? <laughs> yeah. the theater. We did a Versa Theater together. That was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, and you great. played, honestly, Brenna, your role for this and for everyone listening, Verna uh, played, it was immersive, it was like a horror immersive theater experience. Um, oh, and, and Berna plays the doctor and uh, I will say I never got to see I saw it through the screen 
but I never got to yeah. actually see you in person. But I do think that you probably did an amazing job knowing you because you do all your amazing characters and you always have these voices that you love to bring to life. And I'm just, the whole time I was like, oh, my gosh, Brian is probably really enjoying this. <laughs> you know, it was fun, but at the same time, it was, like, really mean. Like, it would be fine, and then, you know, the next thing you know, I'm like, you're a complete loser. <laughs> of course you're here. It was just awful because, you know, the director really wanted me to say some horrible things, and I'm like, oh, oh dear. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, so hard, funny. but um, but yeah, it was it was really funny. It was fun. It was fun and funny because exactly what you said. It was hard to be rude to people, and that was the experience we were supposed to give them. It's kind of like being real with them in a weird way, but um, yeah, that was interesting. yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, I've played villains in film and theater and stuff, but you're when you play the villain, you're playing with another actor. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're playing a character and you're playing with another actor. These are just unsuspecting civilians that come in and you're hacking <laughs> them. But, you know, I yeah. kept reminding myself that's what they came. They knew that what they were getting into when they yeah. signed up for it. So there's that. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever thought about, um, have you ever directed in your past, Bernard? Have you ever thought about directing? You know, I have. Um, okay, so... <laughs> I I call it accidental directing because I never had any intention of directing. But um, I know a, a film director named Nicole Wright from Chapman. We're we're best friends, but um, we weren't best friends. You know, we had we didn't know each other that long when this happened. But I somehow ended up co-directing a twenty-episode web series with her, and it was like a fantasy steampunk series, and a lot of green screen, a lot of visual effects. And so we did that together. And then um, a, a colleague and friend of mine who I met on a pilot I did in Philadelphia, he moved here from, he was casting it. He didn't end up doing it. He's also a producer and a writer and director. And he moved to LA. Um, his name is Curtis. And he was doing a, a streaming series called Siblings. And he asked me to direct two episodes of it. And, of course, I brought Nicole with me. I'm like, well, I'm going to need Nicole with me. Because we just work well together. Like, when we're directing, she can see my face and know that I should probably not speak any words at that moment. And she'll speak (laughs) instead of me and then vice versa. (laughs) You know, she can tell, like, I've had enough at this point. So um, we directed two episodes of that together, and um, I directed a, also a short psychological thriller for um, Project Greenlight um, for HBO. And um, it was interesting because I'm a very visual person, and um, the camera, I mean, I just go crazy when I see camera stuff as far as visually when I'm watching a show. And so um, I didn't really get to do it so much in the green screen thing at all. Um, In the, in the HBO thing, I had a big shot list, including what I call the Scorsese Zali shot. 
And I'm like, <laughs> and I did it last minute. So we only had one day to shoot it. And here I am with like number 14 shots. <laughs> Scorsese's always shot, you know, really high expectations. Yeah. But um, I had Michael Dana Wells was my cinematographer and, you know, was able to pull off every single shot I wanted, which was great. Now, when Nicole and I went to do the uh, two episode series, we only had one day to shoot two episodes. You know, they're not long oh, episodes. Wow. But I had a list of shots, and as the day was going on, they were killing my darlings because we were not going to have time to do all the shots that I wanted to do. Oh, um, no. So, yeah, so that was an issue. And there were some other things, you know, with, like, more actor actor issues. Not actors that were on the show, but actors that it did not end up being on the show that – um that's a whole yeah. other issue. But yeah. So that was tough for me because, you know, if it's a feature film or a short, you're going to get to do your shots. But when they were trying to do it because it was a series in the same way it, the, how a television series goes really quickly and they have a certain style, you know, if you went in to shoot Grey's Anatomy today, as you go in as a director, they have already yeah. had like 14 years of Grey's Anatomy. They have a style in which they shoot it that the cinematographer does. So yeah. you're, you know what I mean? Like that's established. So they yeah. were trying, and it goes quickly. So they tried to shoot it quickly like they would a television show and have different directors on different episodes. And so I didn't really get to do all of the shots I would have liked to have done. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's always hard. I just learned about that um, recently, about how you can't, with shows like that, what you're talking about, is that they just bring directors in and they have their set thing. And um, Kevin Smith yeah. is actually talking about that because they brought him in for Supergirl a few times. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I kind of like it because, you know, I don't, I don't have to, like, direct as far as the cinematography, but he gets to work with the actors. He gets to, uh, you know, more, you know, kind of, direct the actors more versus worrying about the shots since they kind of know kind of what they're going to get already, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. but at the same time for a new director, um, it probably can get frustrating because you, you don't, you can't, um, have fun with it. Like you think you can, or like you want to or do the shots you, uh, that you, that you probably would have wanted to get if it was more, uh, kind of for you and, you know, your project. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, well, um, not. it's getting a little late. I mean, so tonight went by so fast, it's already almost an hour. And before you go, I would love, um, for you to just uh, kind of tell uh, your audience since this is all about acting for all mm-hmm. the people that are uh, either listening in because they like acting, they want they like actors that to listen to them or listening in because they do really want to learn um, from this podcast a little bit, um, I would love for you to kind of say to the audience kind of what you would say to your uh, younger actor self and any advice you'd like to give for anyone listening in the world and uh, things that they should do. And then uh, – Kind of dive in and tell everyone where they could find you and any projects coming out soon that you want to shout out in. And I'll let you know. Okay. Take it away. All right. 
That's a lot of stuff. Okay. <laughs> First, I will say um, I I would say, oh, to my younger self, oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, I think to my younger self, I think everybody to their younger self should think, you know, would think later that to give yourself permission to be yourself, if that makes any sense, to get right. to know that you're enough, you don't have to. I think it's even more difficult with like social media, like for younger kids that they see. It's always okay to have role models, you know, and people you aspire to be. You know, you watch Tom Hardy or Leo or any of these people, right? And you you admire them. But I'm saying to not compare yourself and to know that you're enough, you have your own story, and to know that things are going to happen, to be positive, to be kind, to always give love to yourself and to other people, and to always remember where you come from. I think that's really important. And then as far as people around the world, um, I'm one of four girls. We, I grew up, my dad worked in the steel mills. He was an immigrant. He joined the military and worked a bunch of jobs and trying to put himself through school to raise his kids. We didn't have any money. We grew up in a, you know, a, a kind of poor place outside East Chicago. And, um, but my dreams are big. You know what I mean? So the size of what where you think you came from can sometimes seem small compared to the dreams that you have, but anything is possible. And really, I think those are the things that keep you going. And I think that whatever that place is that where you're from is what gives you really the character that makes you unique and different because you have a very specific story and there's nobody else like you. Mm-hmm. So I, I think everybody should dream big and dreams are, are endless of what a person can be when they give their all, I think. Mm-hmm. There's that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as what's coming up, well, I have two more shows at Zombie Joe's um, on the 4th and 5th of November in North Hollywood. Woo-hoo! Possession, Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. It's on Eventbrite. Um I have some secret shows, some secret things I'm working, pilot stuff I'm working on that I can't say anything about. (laughs) Um, I have, uh, yeah, I have a few things like that. I I have a feature I did called My Dead Selfie. It's at festivals right now, and it's a horror film um, based on racism, and it's got a great message. And uh, it was just at the downtown Los Angeles Film Festival and won Best Experimental Film Feature. Nice. And the actress was, the lead actress was nominated in that. And, uh, Sweet. Yeah, so that's cool. And um, I have some stuff I'm working on myself with my writing partner as far as a secret, secret pilot. So there's mm. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it! Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Oh, I love. Oh, yeah, you're you're just killing the game. Oh yeah, go ahead. 
Oh, yeah, I was like, did I say everything? Um, I'm at BernaRoberts.com. Your Instagram. Oh, my Instagram is at BernaRoberts. And, you know, at the website, like, there's the links to to the Facebook, to the Instagram. Everything is, if you go to the website, it's all right there, too. Yeah. Perfect. So everyone out there, BernaRoberts.com, exactly how you know, how you say it is how it's spelled. Um, and, uh, yeah, you're just killing the game, girl. And thank you again for being on the show and, you know, giving your, you know, little two cents and all that stuff and what you've been doing in theater and film. And it's, it's not tough. It's not easy. It's tough. And you're making yeah. it happen and you have been making it happen. And for anyone out there listening, you can make it happen. And, uh, you know, just, Keep striving, keep keep doing, and it's one of those things where your age doesn't matter. Um, I'm mm-hmm. learning that it doesn't matter if you get things done by the time you're 17 or 50. What matters is yep. that you're still doing what you love, and you're in. You get it. You get it done. No, even when you're 100 years old, Morgan Freeman did it. You can do it, and um, <laughs> and and we are doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing. Jonathan's yes. doing. Bern is doing it. So don't stop because you're. You think, you know, well, I'm not doing it during before this time because it can happen and it will mm-hmm. happen. Um, so thank you so much, girl. I hope you have an Thank amazing you. evening. Yeah, yes. and uh, shout out to you and your family and sending you lots of love and your family lots of love. And um, I can't wait to see you um, soon and hopefully at the Ugly Sweater Party premiere. And, yes. Uh, yeah, ha- have a good night and um, have a good night, everyone. Thank you, Jonathan. As Everybody, well. thank yeah. You thank you. Thank you, Laura. This is fun. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye, guys, and thank you so Bye. much, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Have Night. a great night. Good night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.